The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. I thought about actually creating an intro, Holly, like a song and dance. You should have. Holly and friends, it's Holly and friends, it's where the fun will never end. Ooh, I like this. Right? That's good, yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you do another one instead of rhyming friends ends? Uh, rhyme with Holly. No. <laughs> Thanks for playing the can you rhyme this game, Charles? <laughs> oh, amazing. I love what just happened. I got put in my spot. Like, hey, you're the guest. I'm the host. <laughs> I run things here. I love it, Johnny. I, I apologize. If, I will line up right behind you, bro. If you've I, ever if you've ever listened to our podcast, which apparently you haven't, you would realize that there's no host. There's no nothing. It's just three friends hanging out. Yeah. Okay. So let's kick this thing off, shall we, Johnny? I kicked it off like 20 minutes ago. I know you Where did. Where were you? But like, don't you have your school testing question to ask? Oh, yeah, we could do I thought maybe you wanted to do it. I was I was throwing <laughs> caution to the wind today. You really were. As which soon was as, impressive. As soon as Shiraz showed up, he was like, we're talking football. I was ready to go. Yeah. And, but yeah. Then, uh, Charles, we'll ask you the skill testing question. Who are you and where did you come from? Wow. Oh, well, I came from my mama. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. I'm not deniably because I kind of look like her. Who am I is an undefined, incomplete answer. Uh, that blank is being filled in as we speak. I think eternity will probably have the final say on that. And so I'm looking forward to making sure that I actively participate in the process of the prosperous name that I get when I get to eternity. How's that for an answer, Johnny? Yes, yes, that 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 is certainly a part of uh, what I'm be, I've been able to do on this planet for the years that I've been on it, for sure. Well, I'm curious because I know you as a, a pastor, a radio host, a mm. uh, visionary when it comes to working with people in business and encouraging them to have faith-based businesses as a person. Business cannot be a Christian, but a person can be. Mm. Um, and I know you now as an author. So there's a lot of things, but I don't know the Shiraz that was, you know, two feet high, wondering what does the future hold for me? So let's talk about you and your life. Let's do it. Uh, I won't go back too far. I'll go back to this moment. I was, um, I was supposed to take over my uncle's ministry. So now my uncle was one of the first Desi. Now I'll define Desi for you. Desi is like Indian Pakistani, uh, community. And mm. so when you merge them together, it's called Desi. And, uh, he was the first pastor in Canada to have a congregation. Wow. And so he was kind of a big deal and he had a, you know, pretty reputable church and I was supposed to take over his church. They were sending me to, to, uh, a seminary in Winnipeg. Yes. The capital of the world, Winnipeg. I was supposed to go and, uh, we were, it, this was in June and uh, we were planning after it was uh, like every other Sunday, we would go back to my uncle's house, who was the pastor of the church. And we would just talk about how service went and what we're going to be doing that upcoming summer. Well, they mm. had, Johnny, they had some grandeur plans, man. I mean, we were going to take over the world, starting with Malton. Why Malton? Because it has a huge population of people from Pakistan and India. And uh, I just asked a simple question, Holly. My question was simply, okay, so how are we going to pay for this? Mm. You got huge plans. How are we going to pay for it? Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Man, I had never been made to feel so small and low. Do you not have faith? God will provide. The whole time in my head, I'm like, 
yeah, but I don't fish. So he's not sending me down to the river to catch some fish and there will be no gold coins in their mouths. I don't know how to do this. And Mm -hmm. two plus two no longer equaled Christianity. That Mm. was it. That was the moment where it's like, I got to figure this out because there's more. There's a practical side to Christianity. I uh, jumped into the closest university or college that I could. Uh, You got to remember all the deadlines were gone. So I got into uh, a community college and just my journey started there. Figuring out a way to pay for the vision that all these priests and pastors have. Yeah. Hmm. Now you mentioned Malton, which is in Mississauga, just to give some landmarks for people yeah, not no familiar idea. with the GTA. Yeah. Um, and then you just get into a random community college and focus in on business. I'm curious, yeah. how did your uncle take this news that you weren't going to Winnipeg? Not only him, I think um, it was um, a gut shot for my mom a little bit. You got to remember in Christendom, the concept of being a pastor, you have arrived. Right. Yeah. And so for the people close to me, like my son shall be a one day. And it's just like all of a sudden I'm like letting everybody else down as well as uh, not just my uncle, but just all these other people are going to be like, hey, what are you doing? What do you mean? You mean community college? You got to remember, I got accepted. Well, I, what I didn't tell you, I got accepted to Western. I turned down Western so I can go to seminary and then ended up at a community college. So the it was just a little like up and down, up and down like this. Okay, God, what are you up to now? And hmm. so going through community, it, it, it was no longer about community college. I treated everything like a learning experience, everything. So I, I think, Johnny, you probably learned more outside of school than you have in school, right? Yes, sir. And that was how I treated, and I still treat everything as a learning experience. Was faith always a part of your journey from being a a kid to where you are now? Yeah, interesting. My dad's side was Christian. My mom was Muslim. Hmm. And uh, when they moved to Canada, there was this uh, whole argument that my dad couldn't settle in his own mind. Like, what the heck did I do? you got to remember, regardless of what your belief system is, if you're coming from a conservative country like Pakistan to Canada... Free love, free sex. Uh, women aren't wearing uh, the clothing is like, wait, uh, do you need help to buy more clothing? It was what my dad thought. Like he was yeah. like, hey, they need help. They don't have enough clothing on. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And so this is what he walked into. And he just told my mom, look, I don't care if you raise the Muslim or Christian. But raise them with a moral compass and a set of beliefs. Mm-hmm. It was in that time and in that season that my mom found Christ. And uh, that became her fervent passion for the rest of her days. Uh, so we were raised Christian to answer your question, Johnny, but, but Holly, I'm not sure if you had these days, if you were raised Christian, but then you got your teenage years and your own independence and you ran as far as you could from God. You probably didn't cause you're righteous. I did like everything that you're not supposed to do. I mm-hmm. probably did it mm, at least twice. And yet but somehow was... God got you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if I fast forward after, uh, going through school, getting a job in business. Um, we started attending a church in Mississauga. And within a year and a half, guess who was on staff as a pastor? Amazing. You know, when God has already said he's going to do X, Y, Z, one of the things I've learned to do is let go of the path and just enjoy the ride. Wow, that is very tough for most of us to do, enjoying the yeah. ride. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say I didn't, I'm not white knuckling or scream to get off the roller coaster, <laughs> right? Like, like, but I think that's what I've been trying to do is, hey, 
instead of treating this like it's it's this beautiful train through the Rocky Mountains, oh look at the views of Jasper and Banff. Yeah. Uh, why don't you treat this sometimes? Sometimes it's like Wonderland. Canada's Wonderland. Sometimes there's huge highs and huge lows. Sometimes all you can do is just hold on. How did that change the way you taught about God and Jesus and faith-based things? Again, it came down to this concept of, uh, I'll rewind a little bit further. You guys have heard this, this, the movement Faith at Work, right? And it's all about helping people evangelize and bring the goodness of God to their workplace. Hmm. Yeah. I've been so, so fortunate to be part of so many people's salvation moments in workplaces, but never once do I ever remember handing out a track. Hmm. There is this one scripture in uh, Isaiah that has uh, just stuck to me like, like glue, and it's simply, kings will come to the brightness of your dawn. How did I take that? Well, I married that with another scripture that says, his gifts will make room for you. Okay. So what I decided to do was, I was in sales. I decided to be the best salesperson ever on the planet. Like, that was my mission. Like, I will be the world's greatest salesperson. And you know what happens, Johnny? Everybody wants to get a piece of you, right? Like, hey. And the question that I would commonly get asked was, what's your secret sauce? Like, what is it? How do you do this? Holly, it'd be hilarious because I get one of two responses. My response is always, hey, how do you do it? Can, can, can you mentor me? Can you teach me? How do I get these types of results? I said, well, you want to know the truth? They're like, yeah, okay. Hey, lean in a little bit. Are you sure you want the truth? Yeah. How do you do it? God really likes me. <laughs> one of two responses. Er? And curiosity? Yeah. Uh, let's do coffee? Or I'm outie, I'm out of here, and just go in the other direction. And I was okay with that polarizing effect that it would have on people. I mean, mm-hmm. the truth is, God is not one that's just going to be able to be a comfortable massage and a hug for everybody. Some people run from the very sight of light. It's like, ah, the light, it's hurting my mm-hmm. eyes because I prefer living in the shadows. I don't want to see the reality of who I've become. So I'd rather stay mm-hmm. in the shadows. And that's what I was effectively being with salt and light, not because I was preaching to my coworkers, just because I was doing the best job that I could. And that has become my mission is to help accountants be the best accountant that you can be. So my concept of faith at work is be the best version of what God has called you to be according to the skill set that he's deposited within your DNA. And if you can do that, Man, you can be more impactful than any pastor behind a pulpit. And I'm not knocking pastors behind the pulpit, but think about this for a second. Johnny, if you want to bring somebody to Christ, generally, you have to invite them to make an effort to wake up early on a Sunday to come to church with you. Yeah. But it's a lot easier to just say, hey, we're already together in the same office. Well, I'm just going to come. Hey, is is it cool? I'm just going to pop by your desk. Is that cool? The effort now is like minimal for the other person. And so you can turn your desk into a pulpit just by being the greatest at what God called you to be. You were doing sales. What were you selling? Yeah. So uh, a bunch of things. I can tell you that I started selling chocolate covered almonds door to door. And I loved it because I made more money than all the other kids. And I ate a lot of chocolate. And I was more jiggly than all the other kids too, for sure. (laughs) Jiggly in the middle. Jiggly in the middle. I learned that word earlier. I don't know where I heard that word earlier. but uh, It's like reverberating in my head. I don't know. I heard it earlier. Uh, and then I, I, I uh, got into uh, 
telco, so selling voice and data services. So I was at one point I was the national sales manager for a company. Then we sold, you know, internet and and voice services for companies. It was always B to B to B business to business, not yeah. to consumer. So it's a different dynamic than simply s- selling to um to uh, end users and consumers. Because there's there's this sometimes this thing behind oh you're a salesperson how are you know you got you're you're shaking my hand but you also have your hand in my back pocket stealing my wallet but you have this this charisma about you and this wanting to show everybody that you are the best that you could be but yet God loves you and you're doing it in a different way did you see the results from people around you then saying okay I I need I need that secret sauce that obviously is Jesus and that you have not always. I wish that I was able to reach more people to see them to their salvation moment. And that's where maturity had to kick in for me, Holly, was simply understanding that perhaps this person in the season was me sowing seed. Perhaps it was me watering. I mean, we all love those moments where you can take them and have that salvation prayer, right, Johnny? Like, like, wouldn't that just be amazing and beautiful? We can have that moment. But to recognize, uh, I mean, there are people that I would spend maybe a couple of weeks with and like they're in the kingdom for eternity. And then there's ones that years and I'm still journeying with them, even though we don't work together, we just stay connected because we became close friends and yeah. they're still not in the kingdom yet. So yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's been hard, uh, accepting the, his timing of when and what comes to fruition. Shaz, at what point did you determine that you were going to be in pastoral care moving forward and shifting out of sales or is still sales a big part of your life? Yeah. So, uh, I, there's this whole concept of king priest. We are a royal priesthood unto God. And if you think about the royal side, what are we thinking about? We're thinking about kings. Now, the concept of kings has changed. The concept of kings before, well, what it is now, it's the marketplace. Because if you can rule the marketplace, you generate greater influence than those who are in political power. Uh, if anyone would like to challenge that, just go ask Bill Gates uh, what he's able to do globally. Whereas if you're the president of one country, how do you really impact globally unless you're invading the country? We won't talk about what's happening in Europe, but that's how you would do it. But mm-hmm. when you're a financial giant, for example, like a Bill Gates. And again, I'm not going into any virus theories. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about anyone that does fantastic work generates influence. Mm. Isn't this what this generation is all about? Hey, I'm an influencer. I'm an influencer. I'm an, in- but what yeah. if you have influence with kings? And that's where I think that it's a little bit of a game changer when you can pursue the heights of what it is in business. My experience is people listen to me more because I performed in business versus my pastoral caller on. Mm-hmm. So if that's what it takes, man, I'll happily park my collar. What am I trying to prove to somebody that I'm righteous by putting my collar on? No, thanks, man. I'd rather just have a conversation with you. Because, I mean, we talk about, and, and you're one of those people that like the Swiss army knife of, because you do so much, whether it, you know, podcasting or speaking or preaching or writing. Is there one that you feel like is the perfect pocket for you? Have you ever seen those, um, Tests those personality tests, Myers Briggs or the four colors. Yeah. Have you ever, yeah. Well, they always intersect. There's always a vertical line and a horizontal line, right? And most people are strong in one of the co- quadrants. Yeah. Johnny, I'm always like, no matter what test I've done, I'm always like right yeah. down in the middle, right? Like I can swing whatever way you need to swing depending yeah. on what it calls for. So this is what I did. 
realizing that my makeup is that way, uh, I can get myself in trouble because I can fake the funk with the best of them. Like I will carry a conversation like I'm an expert in football. I don't know, like Detroit Lions. And because I remember like one name, like, I don't know, Barry Sanders, I'll pretend like I actually know what I'm talking about when it comes yeah. to like Detroit Lions, like l- l- your hat, for example, right? Like I'll, I'll know two things and I'll have a whole conversation with you just because I can do that. Yeah. But I didn't want to just do that. And so what my prayer became, and God's been so good to me, Johnny, My I, I made a contract and a covenant with God. I initiated it and I loved it and he honored it. I said, God, hey, listen, you know that I talk a lot, but I don't want to talk a lot. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go into places. I'm going to open my mouth and you got to fill me with the words that you need to be said or else I'm just going to be like that gong and that symbol making noise for no reason. And so the way that I've been able to manage being able to be in any room and carry conversations with regardless of who it is, because I just treat people like they're actual people, not by their title, is simply making that covenant with God. Say, hey, I'm going to open my mouth right now. I'm going to start talking. You got to feel it. Is that cool? Is that cool? And I got to tell you, man, he's so he's so faithful. You have a lot of energy, which is a good mm-hmm. thing. You're mm-hmm. definitely an extrovert. Um, what do you do to recharge, though? You can't always be on. You can't always be pouring into other people. You know, it's unfortunate that my recharging moments happen uh, when I'm around my family. How's and it unfortunate? It's your family. <laughs> because I've always wanted to have energy for them, too. Yeah. And you, you kind of do your day, right? And your day and then your day bleeds into evening because you're you're about the father's business. And it's not like you're on the clock. It's not like, well, it's after 530. You cannot have any moral or spiritual dilemmas and call me after 530. You're yeah. not allowed because I punched out. You don't punch out. When you sign up for this type of work, you, you, you don't punch out. Yeah. And, yeah. and so when I, when I do have those moments where like, hey, I'm going to turn my phone off just for a little bit. I just want to like, ah, right? And just like do nothing. But like I'm looking over and like my daughters, my wife is there and like, okay, well, I can't do that. Yeah. So what I've learned to do is block off that those moments and i'm hmm, i'm struggling to answer this question because i'm struggling to do that in real life if i'm being honest i'm not good at it if i'm being honest i earn these bags under my eyes because i don't do a good enough job in resting and taking care of myself and recharging my batteries i'm still a work in progress i'm still learning and once you guys figure it out please let me know and the joke is you you reference a book part of one of the chapters i'm literally writing to myself shiraz you better start taking the sabbath seriously you better start sleeping better you better start doing and i list out i think like eight things in one of the chapters but i wrote it for me that i'm just sharing it with everybody else because i know that it's good but I'm not, I haven't been good enough to actually do it. So if I'm being honest, I'm still learning. Uh, I feel that. In that boat too. Absolutely. I was trying to get some notes. I'll have to read the chapter. Well, speaking of the book, it is called Well Done, A Passionate Pursuit of Purpose. And the book is out. Why write the book? True story. I was uh, sitting in church in uh, a, a back pew and... Um, just looking to the left left and the right, uh, you learn so much by observation. And so I've always been in a habit of, of figuring out the room before I bring my own thoughts into it. I really want to make sure what I know what my environment is all about. And it's really helped me gain a lot of advantages. People want discernment. I think a lot of discernment is already given to us with our ears and our eyes if we just take the time to slow down and quiet this and just yeah. like observe. 
that's discernment. That's another topic for another day. But yeah, so I, I've learned to just discern things. And I'm looking around like, uh-oh, I'm feeling some heavy hearts on both sides of me. It's like, God, what's going on? And at the same time, that morning, I was in Matthew 7 and Matthew 25. Now, Matthew 7 and Matthew 25 both write about a judgment day scene. In that scene, there are people who are rejected by God and their rebuttal and their response is, Lord, Lord, we did this in your name. Lord, Lord, we did that in your name. One of them, Johnny, has enough nerve to say, Lord, I cast out demons in your name. Do you know who I am? Like, if you think about it, if you cast out demons, you're probably like a super Christian. You're probably like, you got it going on. And not only that, you got a little bit of following because everyone wants to pray with you and they want you to pray with them because you yeah. get that type of attention. And I'm thinking through that, just meditating on that. Yes, I was listening to the pastor. I wasn't. I was in my own thoughts, if I'm being honest. Uh, I was in my own thoughts. I was in my own head. And it was simply God saying to me, hey, look, what looks good in church might not look good in eternity. <laughs> and then I look into my left and my right again. And this is what this was the impetus of this book. There are people when you go to church on Sunday, Holly and Johnny, well, all of you listening in, when you go on, go to church on Sunday, there literally might be people to your left and your right in church that won't make it into eternity. And that crushed me. That's, that was such a sobering moment for me to realize like, Hey, look, I know that we're, we're called to reach the loss, but what about those who are in the church who have mm. probably lost their momentum? And they're drived to become everything that God has called them to be. And they're simply settling for a form of godliness, but they're denying the power that God really wants to operate in and through their lives. That's why this book was written. With this, uh, the book, you also have a podcast that's going to be diving more into the different chapters of your book. What do you want people to get out of your book? What kind of things have people already said about your book that has helped them? So what we did was uh, a soft launch of the book, and uh, there are a couple of groups that went through the book, uh, one in the Niagara region, one in the Saga area, and the, the folks in the Niagara region, just like every time it would lock off a night, I mean, just tears flowing, tears flowing. And here's the thing. They didn't even know that we were going through the book. I had the opportunity to lead a group in the Niagara region, and uh, you know, we averaged probably about 30, 35 people. It was on a Monday night unreal the content was hitting so hard I was like, okay god what did you do with this book mm -hmm. we got to get this into more people's hands holly we didn't write this book to say we wrote a book no we wrote it so it would be read and so johnny it's 10 chapters averaging about 12 13 pages each so everyone should be able to get through it fairly quickly that's how we wrote it. Large font. No. But the impact of this other group who, uh, uh, you know, uh, at the time of this record, this recording right here, they're about halfway through. I got grown men crying, calling me, saying, what do I do now? What are my next steps? I'm tired of living in mediocrity, but I don't know how to get out of neutral. I feel stuck. Shiraz, I feel there's so much more in my core to explore, but I just don't know how to get at it. Because I have all these layers and barriers that I've built up. How do I remove those layers and barriers so I can get on with it? 
And that's what this book has been able to do. It's like, hey, don't worry, you're only at chapter five. If you get on to chapter six, seven, and eight, there's more cues and clues about how to tap into the greatness of the DNA that God has deposited within each and every one of us. One of the things you had mentioned it earlier about knowing your skills, and we talk about the passionate pursuit of purpose. I think a lot of times I hear in church is that we want you to volunteer and we want you to use, you know, your skills and abilities that God has given you. What happens if you feel like there's no skills and abilities that God has given you? I love it. Uh, and it's such a common question I get at, and John, I get asked that a lot. So thank you for bringing that up because it, it, it tends to be a widely held experience. Uh, two thoughts for, for everyone listening today. There's, there's two thoughts. Sometimes it's not what you were born for. I would encourage everybody to evaluate what they were born with. Because if you can figure out what you were born with, I assure you will act like a heat-seeking missile to land on what you were born for. I'll give you an example. When I started off in ministry, uh, I, when, you know, uh, after we were married, uh, working with a youth group, which I did not want to do, not a desire to become a youth pastor. Oh, look at me. I'm a youth pastor now. Uh, all I had was my car. So all I did was drop kids off. This is before I was youth. I was just a youth leader at this one church in Mississauga. All I did was drop kids off or sorry, pick them up and bring them and then drop them off at the end of the night. That's all I did because that's all I had. And I didn't know what I had. I know what I was going to do. I like, what am I here for? I don't know, but I can tell you what I can do because I got these two hands. Well, here's the other one. And uh, let me just show you what I can do with these. Okay. I'm making a little bit of money. Let me buy pizza tonight. For, for all these kids. Okay, I'm doing, let me just do what I can and go as far as I can with what I have and then let God just kind of figure it out from there. And so that's how I, I, I kind of share with people. It's like, just get in motion. Why should God trust you with your purpose if you don't even know what you're going to do with it? No. The very concept of purpose can be wrapped up in, hey, uh, uh, if you're faithful with the little, now, if you, you know, God will entrust you with much. Okay, great. Now, here's something interesting. Can we do that with our purpose? It's not about what you don't know. Why don't you start with what you know? Because I assure you, everybody knows at least this much. And if you can move with at least this much, it, you will land in the places and spaces that you feel are stirring within you. But just start doing something. Just show up. Who knows? You might have to hold the door for somebody. Oh, no, you're oh, no, you're a door person. How about, oh, yes, I get to be a door person in God's house. But someone will see the faithfulness with which you open that door and then you get to open another door and then a door will open for you. So my answer to everyone is like, what are you waiting for, bro? Hey, just do with what you have and watch your purpose unfold for you. Man, it's the similarities. Of... Like Holly and I, I always say it's it's your get tos and got tos. You get to do this. You don't got to do this. So it's you you get to hold open the door for somebody who's coming to church today. You don't got to do it. Love it. How do you impregnate somebody with that mindset? Hmm. And I think a lot of what we wrote in this book has a lot to do with shifting that mindset from what. And and I love the way you 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 say it a lot better than I do, Johnny. You get to versus got to. It's right? an opportunity. Yeah. And now how do you shift that mindset from here to there? I think when you begin to value today, I think part of the concept and what I'm hoping a takeaway for everybody is this whole thought of a judgment day. By the way, this is not an end times apocalyptic book. It is not at all. This is literally about valuing today as much as you would value that 
fateful judgment day. And if you can do that, if you can value the time, energy, and resources that you have today, chances are if you stack them on a daily, maybe weekly basis, it all adds up. A lot of people ask you questions, and I know that you ask a lot of questions. How about asking questions of God? It's the Why Me Project podcast. And so have you ever asked God, why me, whether it was in the hills or the valleys of life? Never forget this moment. I've had lots of those uh, moments. you know, you talk about hills and valleys. The plateaus for me were probably the hardest. Mm-hmm. Where I'm not in a ditch, I'm not on the mountaintop, but I feel no movement. Yeah, the waiting, the desert seasons. It's like, did I, like, like I'm halfway. Do I turn around? Do I continue forward? What do I do here? I'm stuck. Those have been the hardest why me moments. It's like, I'm just not sure. God, I, 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 I'm like, uh, Holly, I'm, I might have mentioned this to you a couple of years back, quit a full-time job to launch an organization called CBHN to help business folks uh, maximize what their returns can be in, in their place of work, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, two and a half years is a long time when you're used to, when your family's used to two incomes. Mm. Uh, thank God I married the best woman on the planet for me, uh, who's able to wrap her uh, her entire self around um, what I'm all about because she knows intrinsically she is all about what I'm about and I'm all about what she's all about. So it's kind of like one fluent motion. And, and, and when you do that, like, what did I just do? Mm-hmm. I'm making, I'm making good money. I'll just leave it at that. I'm making really good money. People look at me like you're wrong. Yeah, but I would rather be wrong going for it than the safety of your boat. Cause the last time I checked, he was celebrating people for people, uh, Peter, for actually getting out of the boat. So I'm not even sure if I'm answering your question, but the mo- moments that I've uh, questioned the why me it hasn't been valleys. Yeah, valleys to me are it's it, it's that low hanging fruit, man. It's like oh no, why me? I've never really been a person who feels sorry for myself. Like life is, we've all had our share of drama and trauma. I've been through my share. Everybody has. I'm not crying nobody a river. I don't let anybody cry a river around me either because we all have had issues. Congratulations. Here's your tissue. Get on with it. If I sound callous, guess what? We have all, we all have a hard life. Jesus said something about in this life, you will have trouble, but take heart. So I'm about like here, take a tissue and take heart and let's get on with it. I'm not telling you to get over it and get on with it, but perhaps uh, start looking the direction of getting over it, right? And I'm not about celebrating the mountaintops because as soon as I do, all of a sudden, I just feel this like wind kind of pushing me off, right? This is what I have learned. Most of life, the majority of life is lived on the up and the down. Majority of life is lived on the incline and on the decline. So what are we trying to celebrate? The moments in the valley and the moments on the mountaintop? Nah, we got to figure out a way to what we were saying off the top. Enjoy the journey up. And just thank God, even if it feels like you're on the way down, because the majority of life is on the up and down. Yeah, they they say everything's a third, a third, a third, a third of starting something, a third in the middle of something, and a third of coming out of something. But regardless, there's always going to be something. I'll go with your math. I like your math. Third, third, third. <laughs> I said a business, but not finance. I didn't get into finance. So I, 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 I got to trust your math on this one for sure. And that point one, they're just lost somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> goodness yeah fractions and math never my strong suit either you know it, it, it's interesting what you say a third 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 
I'm sure you guys have uh, seen marathons or the Tour de France, any mm-hmm. long-term race. Mm-hmm. What you'll always see is a lot of people at the start of the race. The crowd's going wild. Yeah, go, go, go. Yeah. And then you'll see even a bigger, larger crowd at the finish line, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for a second, third, right? And they're all celebrated. It's a great party when you get across that line. But if you watch the Tour de France and they're on the countryside, mm-hmm. when no one sees or seems to care, it's thin, man. There's yeah. not a lot of people cheering you on. Those are the moments that I feel that we can step up for other people and be their support system. That's what we live for from a CBHM perspective. When, when like no one's around, you can just come alongside somebody in the quiet moments and, and just be there for that third. I think the math might be a little longer than the third, right? But, but, but the point is that part of the journey, what do you do when you're there? And I yeah. think if we can consciously make an effort Yes, celebrate the finish line. Yes, celebrate the uh, the start. But you'll never see a finish line mm. if you don't handle the middle well, right? And, and I will tack on this thought. My opinion, not a theology, not theology. So, Johnny, I'm not creating any theology. So I want to put this disclaimer out there, okay? This is my personal opinion, not theology. The best verse in the entire Bible for me, not theology, Shiraz's opinion. He says, it is finished. Mm. We're, we're not called from start to start. How many times are you going to start something and then two years later, I'm not sure if the Lord called me to this. Yeah, because you're feeling the dryness in the middle of the desert and you don't like it. You mm. liked it when everyone's giving you your flowers and your pom-poms and y- your celebratory wishes for starting, right? But you'll never see those finish line. And I think we see too many people with dehydrated hope because they don't know how to get from here to there from this to that. And if mm. we can be that bridge for people to get from this to that, man, we get to celebrate in eternity forever because we're going to be uh, surrounded by people who literally, he says, well done, well done, because you actually made it all the way. Now, can we do that for other people? How do we do that? I don't know. Chapter nine, chapter three might provide some clues. <laughs> I don't know. This plug. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, well done passionate pursuit of purpose which is out now uh Shraz, we love the fact that uh, you take some time you bring the infectious energy and uh we dive into you your life your why me moments and thank you for taking some time and doing that appreciate both of you hey folks uh here's another not even shameless plug but a plug when you uh listen into a podcast like this and they have over 200 episodes Folks, you don't make it this far in what you're doing if God is not honoring this. So congrats to all of you who continue to support the Why Me Project because it's people like you that continue to support ministries like this to get the word out there. So continue to tell everybody about the Why Me Project. So if I was going into it at like a three or yeah. a two and a half, I'd come out of that at like a 14. I feel very motivated and inspired. I don't know what I'm going to yeah. do, but I'm going to go well, do something right now. I feel like I need to start a business or start something. <laughs> I just need to start. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I love the energy that Shah Sadiq brings. I'm excited yeah. for his new book and all the things that he's a part of. I love the... The idea of doing your business well, that's always mm. been something that I have been passionate about. So it's encouraging to know there are other Christians in the world who are approaching life the same way. 
Yeah. And again, doing it well and not feeling like you're taking somebody for a ride. Right. Like doing business well and having people trust you so that they're going to come back and do business with you again. Yeah. Doing it well and doing it in a way that would be honoring to God. Yeah. And, uh, and as, as he had mentioned too, thank you to everybody who has continued to support us yeah. because this isn't something without the support of people on our socials, people who download, people who are telling other people about each and every week, the people that we talk with. Yeah, exactly. So thank you for being along for the ride and supporting us to use an analogy, you know, not the start, not the finish, but during the middle, yeah. uh, the plateau and, um, you know, doing the things like saying yes to liking the social medias, subscribing to the YouTube, and also checking us out at faithstrongtoday.com. 